When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos and Jamie Eisner today. No Jake, he's uh, across the pond uh, getting ready for a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that's going to be happening on the early Sunday morning edition, 6.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific, Pacific yeah. time, 9.30 on the East Coast. You get that you get that early morning special this week. Plan, plan accordingly with your fantasy lineup. Yes. Plan accordingly because people that go out on a Saturday night and forget to set their fantasy lineups, you're not going to have that time. And I don't know, you may want the number one wide receiver in fantasy football right now in your lineup, like Chris Godwin. Uh, mm-hmm. The little teaser into what we're going to get into uh, in a little while. We did not get to talk about Jay Gruden getting fired. Uh, and since this podcast is officially the Jay Gruden fan club, uh, we have to discuss this for a lot of reasons, right? I'm joking aside, um, the, the writing was on the wall here. We knew that this was going to happen. Jamie, your initial reaction to the firing. This was not surprising. Uh, we knew this move was going to come at some point. Uh, he, whether you make it now, you make it 10 weeks from now, you make it three weeks from now, it doesn't really end. It doesn't change the result. The reality is is that Dan Snyder had decided at some point in the last year that Jay Gruden was no longer going to be the long-term coach. Uh, all the reports coming out about who decided they wanted to draft Dwayne Haskins, who was playing Dwayne Haskins, which, by the way, he's not playing this week even with the new coach, a new interim coach, who I think is going to be O'Connell. I mean, I don't know if they've actually decided who is a Callahan. Yep. Uh, so they're not going to promote O'Connell like they said they might. Uh, look, it, it's... It's a mess there in Washington. There, we're going to hear a lot of names. We've heard a lot of talk about, you know, can you fire your coach early so you can start talking to Lincoln Riley right away. We're going to hear some other big names that are thrown out there. Look, it's a team with some talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Terry McLaren looks like he's going to be a really good player for a while. Uh, Trey Quinn hasn't done a lot this year, but he's a decent slot option. If you believe in Dwayne Haskins as their long-term quarterback, then there is some pieces to work with on offense. Defense is going to be an issue. It's been an issue for a while. They really have like a nickel corner, and that's really about it for the most part in terms of pieces that have been healthy for them. It's a big project, and you're going to have to deal with a very overbearing owner, but that overbearing owner might pay you a lot of money to take that job, especially if you can kind of win him over. So I don't know. It's not a job that I would be terribly interested in if I was a big name. You know, if I'm a coordinator that's like, hey, I'm looking for an opportunity – Get it. I get it. And that makes yeah. sense to me. But if you're a huge name, I imagine there's going to be better opportunities that arise in the next two years than in this job. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the worst jobs in professional sports. And I'm not I'm not trying to be dramatic. Dan Snyder is a pain in the ass to work for. He is overbearing to the highest degree and does not have the football acumen that Jerry Jones does. Right. You you let me be very clear. They're both in that division. But Jerry really does his best he he is too involved but he does his best to make what he assumes to be very good football decisions he also has Stephen jones there who is yes. probably it was at this point kind of reels him back in on some of the crazy Correct. i mean we talked about the draft day stuff with johnny manzel uh he kind of reels his dad back in a little bit to reasonability where dan snyder is 
Dan Snyder. Yes. There's no, he, there's not a confidant that's like, hey, you need to do it's Dan Snyder makes the decisions, whether it's the Albert Hainsworth decisions, whether it's the firing of the coach decisions. Whether, I mean, this is this has been his MO for his entire tenureship as the owner of the, the Washington Redskins. And this is going to be a big reality check for whoever comes in here, because this is a bottom five roster in the NFL, without a doubt. This roster has been bad for quite some time. Jay Gruden overperformed with bad people on this roster. The quarterback deals are not great, right? Where you've got, you drafted a quarterback and now you have Case Keenum and you have, you're trying to get reps for Dwayne Haskins and you have Colt McCoy. You know, at a certain point, you're going to have to, if Dwayne Haskins is the guy here, which by all accounts, he has to be because he is Dan Snyder's guy. You got to start getting him reps to figure out what you have. And if he's your guy and I heard it this morning from, I I heard on ESPN that there is absolutely no way, right? There is absolutely no way that this team is going to draft another quarterback come, come next season. But I would tell you this last year, this time I heard the exact same thing come from the Arizona Cardinals, right? Who had a high draft pick on Josh Rosen and then had the number one overall pick and did the unthinkable and drafted another quarterback with Josh Rosen still on the roster. It's not out of the realm of possibility, okay, that, I don't know, a Lincoln Riley could come in and say, I will take this job, but I'm not taking this job unless I get a little bit more control. And if I'm Lincoln Riley, right, Jamie, as you talked about, mm-hmm. you, you might not want to take this job for the Dan Snyder reasons, but you have, you're in a unique position where maybe – Because you have so much leverage, you say, okay, Dan, that's great. I will take the job. I'm going to get paid this much money, right? But I only am going to do it if this happens. It'll be interesting to see. I'm actually with Kyle Krabs on this, where I think there's almost a 0% chance they take a quarterback. The scenario that happened with Arizona is so rare. And in their mind, they wanted to go with this Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray connection. I don't know. I mean, are you going to take Jalen Hurts with the top three pick? I don't think you're taking Jalen Hurts with the top three pick and bringing in Lick and Riley. Uh, and so at this point, you you know, again, obviously the name that's going to get thrown out there a lot is Urban Meyer. Yes. Because of Dwayne Haskins and the Ohio State connection. But then at that point, I mean, if, if you if you want to use that narrative, then you're definitely not drafting a quarterback because you're going with the quarterback that he knew from his last year coaching. So it, it's going to be this interesting dynamic. The question is going to be who gets to make that ultimate decision? And if it's Dan Snyder, is he willing to admit he was wrong and go after Tua, go after Herbert at, at the top of the draft? The question, the other thing is, is the problem that with what happened with Arizona is you get no value back. Yes. Like you That's got Josh true. Rosen for a two. I don't even think you're going to get a two for Dwayne Haskins no. because teams are going to see what just happened here. So at that point, you need you have so many holes on your roster. Can you really afford to basically punt last year's first-round pick? Now, the reality is is the quarterback's the most important position, and if you truly believe that you're going to get a franchise player that's better than the one you have, you have to make that decision because that alters the course of your franchise more than any pass rusher or corner or outside wide receiver possibly could. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's very likely. Yeah. You're, you're probably trade back if you if there's a great yeah. quarterback there trade back get multiple picks get do what the Rams did when they decided they didn't want RG three move out of that spot you're much more likely to rebuild your roster in, in a smaller frame of time in that case getting multiple first round picks than making that move where you're saying now we're gonna get him and we'll keep two and because then you have no leverage yeah. we watch what happened with Arizona in the Josh Rosen trade your leverage falls and falls and falls and falls. 
in a trade that actually didn't work out for anybody because Miami's not going to keep Rosen. Now. No, no, which it, so, it did. It did work out to being a total disaster. So a couple things here, Jamie. To your point of Urban Meyer, I got an interesting text message about Urban Meyer, uh, which I I looked at it, I thought about it, um, and I thought to myself, hmm, okay, the stars align. This does make sense. Would he actually be interested, right? Because the text I got is that Washington would be interested, which well, makes sure, which obviously makes sense, <laughs> right? And, and and that in conjunction with something else that happened with USC, right, where the new chancellor's out. There's, there's, there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of turmoil there that the, the next move that everybody has kind of projected for Urban since he's in L.A., he's in Fox, he's already started talking about how he misses coaching football, was that it was just going to kind of walk into that USC job, which now I'm hearing isn't, isn't really on the table anymore. So that's where that becomes interesting. Why would Urban Meyer do this, though? Money. Right? Money. That's the only reason. And Dan Snyder would, is not afraid to pay up. Like, he's not. And that's the reason that you would take it if you were Urban Meyer. If I, if it were me, I, like, look, Dan Snyder can say he's giving you control. He's not. He's still the owner. And it's like it's like Jerry Jones saying that you have control. Yeah. You really don't. They could say all they want, but the reality is when push comes to shove, that's an order that is going to make a hands-on decision, for better or worse. And in the Dan Snyder era, it's usually been for worse. So here's where I, I'm starting to, to talk myself into the Urban stuff because if you followed Urban's career, if you know anything about Urban Meyer, him going into a situation where he doesn't have power isn't going to happen. Zero, and I mean 0.00% chance that he would take that job if there wasn't some type of agreement that he was going to have way more leverage than anybody else has. And that's the biggest reason why I don't think this is going to happen, because I don't think Dan Snyder will concede that. If he does, this could be a really interesting move. The other interesting aspect of this is how long does Urban Meyer actually want to coach? Yes. And if he's honest with himself about this and honest with the Redskins, let's let's not talk about this five, six, seven years. Let's be realistic and honest with ourselves. If he's like, hey, look, I, I can see the end of the tunnel, but I'm not ready to go through yet. I've got three more good years in me. I want to take a chance that I can set up this team and Dwayne Haskins in a great spot, get them back to the playoffs, and turn it over to one of my guys in three years. That changes the scenario a little bit. Because in that case, you're not worried about having roster control four, five, six, seven years from now. And if you're Dan Snyder, you're like, okay, if I hold out, if I just if I hold out for like two years, I'll be fine. I'll, re- I'll take the retake back roster control after Urban Meyer. Hopefully things have already turned around. I'll get some credit for making this coaching hire. And then I can, re- I can retake the reins fully. That would make more sense as a kind of a compromise from both sides. If Urban Meyer is like, yeah, I, I need full control and I need five plus years, I can't see Dan Snyder doing it. Yeah, the other part of this is it might pacify Dan Snyder in the – I don't know how many people are going to want to coach Dwayne Haskins. I, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it or or make it sound like he's not a good player. There aren't a many talent evaluators that like Dwayne Haskins a lot coming out, and I'm having a tough time believing that you're going to be able to convince a coach, okay, who you already hired, you already fired one who didn't agree with you, right? So they know whoever's coming in has to be all in on Dwayne Haskins, and that concerns me on who the hell are you going to go get? Because I don't know that there's a lot of coaches who are going to buy into Dwayne Haskins. You'll have plenty of options. The question is you're not going to have the top options. Yes. And I, and I think that's the difference. Look, if you're an offensive coordinator right now and there are going to be three it. or four jobs open, yeah. you, you don't have – unless you're Josh McDaniels for whatever reason, uh, even though I think that ship has sailed for a lot of teams. Not that the offense isn't good, just that 
I have no idea what you're going to get Josh Daniels to commit, Josh McDaniels yeah. to commit to at this point. I mean, he's, he's got promised something in New England. It wasn't a 250 grand. Uh, you're not going to get these top options if you're saying you don't have any flexibility to choose your quarterback. So, or, or choose your roster in the case of a lot of times with Dan Snyder. So you're going to get somebody, but you're going to, you're going to, what, you're going to be back in the well of these offensive defensive coordinators that I don't know who you're going out and get. I don't know who's the hot, sexy coordinator now. Do you know? Because I actually don't know who the hot, sexy offensive coordinator there isn't is right, right now. now. Not right now. There isn't. There isn't one. And you have to be concerned when you. Is, just... it, is it Byron Leftwich? Probably. Like I'm, I'm just starting to think of like options that like I don't know who those guys are going to be. So yeah, sure. If you want to take an unproven guy and say, hey, look, we're going to take a chance, but I don't think that's what Dan Snyder wants to do. I think he wants to make a splash. And if you want to make a splash, they're going to have to be on board with Dwayne Haskins. And I haven't given up on Dwayne Haskins. I'm just saying. This, these are the scenarios where you have, like, a coach in their system, and that's why this thing worked out so perfectly with Kingsbury and Murray in that scenario. I don't know if it's going to work out perfectly on yeah. the field long term, but it worked out in philosophy, new coach, bringing the guy in. I don't know if that's going to happen with Dwayne Haskins. Also, the sexy coordinator job, right now when you look across the league at the new, at the people that are first-time head coaches, how's Freddie Kitchens doing? How's Zach well, Taylor doing? How's, how, are, how are some of these guys? It, how's Brian Flores doing? How, how's, how, I mean, these are, these are the guys that were the sexy picks to go take over head coaching jobs that are all not really doing very well. And that has to, that has to be in the back of Dan Snyder's mind when he's making this call, because if you're going to force Dwayne Haskins on somebody and you want somebody who's actually a legitimate head coach, I don't know that you can find anybody better than Urban Meyer. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm looking at the coordinators right now and like, you know, Eric Bieniemy always gets brought up yeah. in KC and then you're just hoping that like most of those Vandy Wee guys have panned out well. Yes. I mean, that offense has moved around. Then at that point, like, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's way too early to talk about Kellen Moore in any sort of role like that. Uh, I think in a couple of years, I think Filippo's name will come back up. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be right now this soon. I mean, I'm looking at some of the other pieces, like, who else? I mean, Byron Leftwich, but I think that's that's way too early to talk about him. Uh, I mean, that's exactly the right. Schottenheimer, like, like, there isn't really no, a... No, there's isn't, nobody. Like, nobody. those sexy guys all got hired, and they're kind of doing aight. No, the sexy guy to hire right now is a college football head coach. It's Lincoln Riley. That's the only... That yeah. is literally the only sexy candidate right now, and Urban Meyer, if he decides to come back into the NFL. Uh, all right, I think we've exhausted our Jay Gruden discussion here. I want to get into a Monday Night Football recap, Jamie, because one, the San Francisco 49ers are for real. They are they yes. are now they are now four zero. They are they have shown up in a way that I did not expect to happen. Mostly defensively, right? I think what we have seen this is what they expected to kind of happen last year, mm-hmm. but because of the such bad injuries to that yeah. team, they were decimated. Uh, this team, and when I say ran the football, I mean, they ran the damn football down the Cleveland Browns throat last There's time. one thing the Shanahan's can do oh. is they can scheme up a running game like nobody's business. I mean, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman. I mean, it was, it was a magnificent show uh, for the running game. And if you're going to give Jimmy G enough time, right? If you're going to get the running game going like that, he's going to be able to do what you need to do. I still think to be a legitimate contender they need better options. They need the an out, wide, they need an outside wide receiver. Bad. They really do. They if if they when this team wants look, this we've talked about how open the NFL is this year. Yep. I don't think there's a premier team and I include the Patriots in that mix. Now, the Patriots are still one of the best teams in the in the league, but I don't think they're their world beaters. I don't unbeatable. think anybody is. Mm-mm. And an outside threat 
for Jimmy Garoppolo would help a lot. I mean, yeah. Kittle finally had that big game. They got in the end zone. He's fine. He's just, again, there's nobody else you're worried about in that passing game. You continue to run this effectively. They're going to stack the box against you. Do you have not just athletes? They have plenty of athletes at wide receiver. You need an actual polished wide receiver out there. Yeah. That's why we talked about Stephon Diggs, uh, you know, being a part of that. But heck, AJ Green. I'd Let's, be on the I mean, phone. I, I would be on the phone trying to get AJ Green deal done so yesterday. fast. Yeah, I, like put I mean, AJ Green in this offense. Yeah, Cincinnati is clearly in turmoil. They need to start making moves here. They're not in a, posi- a position of leverage. Uh, they know that AJ Green will leave in the off season more likely than not. Uh, I wouldn't understand a 30 year old wide receiver being signed there no, when they need they, they need they need to move on right and so and for AJ Green he needs to be able to go have an opportunity to be healthy and play on a very good football team for the back half of his career where he's still got a lot left and he's a big upgrade over what they have uh, right now. What I want to ask you is Jamie. So the Niners we both agree right are very real. Right, yes. I think we we have to buy in, and it has way less to do with Jimmy G, and it has way more to do with Kyle Shanahan as a head coach and that defense. That defense looks really, really good. Nick Bosa, healthy, scary, yeah, scary, and I mean in the best way possible. the The flip side of that is where you have Nick, you have Nick Bosa, who if you haven't seen the clip talking about him taunting Baker, you have to watch it because it is fantastic. It's very petty. He takes, he does the fake flag planting like yeah. like oh, he was ready he was ready he had that planned and he was talking in baker's ear the entirety of the night baker was negative for fantasy points on monday night football he could not get anything done they could get nothing established what is your level of concern with this cleveland browns team off the charts and this was now we talked about all the possible scenarios and, and we talked in the preseason that there was a very uh wary <laughs> a, a very wide wide a very <laughs> wide range of outcomes for this Cleveland Browns team. And I think everybody was just thinking about what the positive end of that would be. And they were like, and they were just getting all excited. And we said, well, there's a very real chance that there's some negative ends to this. This is the worst of those scenarios is what they've done so far. Baker Mayfield looks lost. Yes. And it's a combination. It's a combination of him looking lost and Freddie Kitchens is not scheming this offense up well. You traded for Odell Beckham Jr. and you're using him like a gimmick receiver. I, I, I They don't have a game plan for Odell Beckham Jr who was the best quarterback on the field for the Browns in this game. Uh, I just, I, this whole way, look, Chubbs run well, but when you get down by four touchdowns, you can't start establishing the run. Uh, Chubbs actually looked really good. Uh, he's a buy low for me if people are giving up, not giving up, but if people are low on him after this last week or off the Browns because of, again, you get destroyed on, on primetime television, people, people react. Out, yeah. uh, so I love Nick Chubb as a buy low. He's I'm not worried about him. He's an RB1 every week. But as far as the other pieces go here, like, I don't know what I'm doing with Baker Mayfield. Like, I, I, where did I rank him this week? I should look. But it's – it's. Let me – for context, Baker was – Going in top five quarterbacks. Yes. We told you was stupid we from the beginning. We told you – I hate to say it. We told you, we told you, we told you. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but I sure as hell knew he was not in my top 12. And for good reason. And I, I – this is ex- this is worse than obviously like what we expected – but if you drafted him as a top five quarterback, that's your fault. I, I, I hate to tell you that you bought into all of the hype and there's hype and then there's what you've seen. And what I've seen and what I know about football is we saw a very limited amount of Baker Mayfield. We saw, we know Freddie Kitchens very well. Him being the head coach there was the biggest concern for me. I knew Freddie is not experienced. I think he's in over his head. It is very clear. Uh, everything that I thought was going to go wrong has gone wrong. 
And and Jamie, I'm curious to hear where you have Baker this week. So he has a great matchup this week against, okay. at home against Seattle. Not secondary, they can't stop anybody, and he's still just 15th for me. Yeah, and four teams are on by. That that should tell you everything you need to know. He's QB 27 in fantasy points per game. 27. And think about all the teams that are starting backups. Yeah. Like think about all the teams that have that he is QB 27. And, and on a points per game basis, he's been worse than Chase Daniel. He's been worse than Case Keenum. He's been worse than Kyle Allen. Uh, I mean, he's been. Oh it's it's really, really. He's been worse than Daniel Jones, who's really only had that one really good game. It's bad. He shouldn't be starting for you in fantasy. No, you can't. You can't start him right now. No, he's, there he's, might be a certain week here or there, here or there where he pops up. But if you aren't seeing a quarterback league, you need to start looking, you know, for options elsewhere. Like this week. Uh, I, I keep closing the window. Why do I keep doing that? But like, if you see the draftnetwork.com, so I'll get my cheap plug-in while I pull it back up where I have all these rankings. Like if this week, if you have a, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, even Phillip Rivers after that bad game, I'm starting them without hesitation over Baker Mayfield yeah. in a good matchup. This is one of the six best matchups you could possibly have being at home against that Seattle secondary. I'm telling you, he's still probably not playable. You could have not started a quarterback this week and been in a better position than you were if you started Baker Mayfield. He was negative in fantasy points. He was horrendous. It was horrible to watch. And it is week six, people, we are walking into. It is not week one or week two. We've seen a lot of this football team, and what I've seen is not great. Not a good good football team. Not a well-coached football team. And that is, as you said, that gimmicky wide receiver thing that they got going on with Odell Beckham Jr., I am just sad because he is such a phenomenal talent it is a waste to see what is happening right now. And I mean that exactly how I'm saying. It is a waste of his talent. And yes. and I am it is hard to watch because if I was him, I would be doing all the diva antics. Well, and, and here's the look, you have a game you, you have that home game against Seattle, then you have a bye week. But then things still get tough for you. You're going you come out of your bye week and go at New England. After that, you're going to at Denver, which is a really tough place to play in a really yeah. tough defense. Then you come back home against the Bills, which is a really tough defense. You know, then you get the Steelers on Thursday night. Like, you're in this stretch here where... Honestly... Like, this could get really bad. By the way, I think Kitchens is one and done. I agree. And I, I, don't, I don't think I don't, it's close. I don't think he makes it through the season, Jamie. And you want to know why? Because every game you just mentioned right now, I don't think they're going to win. They should hire Lincoln Riley, shouldn't they? I, I, I don't think... I the, the only game there that I will legitimately feel comfortable picking them is in Denver. But every other game... I don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable about it. That's, what that's I'm a saying. tough like, place to play. Joe Flacco's been the better quarterback this yeah. year. Yeah, I, I can in good faith. The the next four games that you just mentioned... Home Seattle at New England coming off the bye, which sucks. That's a, that's a game you want to win. They're yeah. not going to win that game. Uh, at Denver, home Bills. Home Steelers could be a win because I have no idea who's the quarterback at that point. Yeah, but, but if they go 0-4, right, before yeah. that Bills game, if they lose, or before that Steelers game, if they lose the next four games, Jamie, Freddie Kitchens might lose his job. Yeah. I mean that's that is that will put us in that Thanksgiving almost territory, right? That'll put yeah. us in the middle of November well, after yeah. a bye. If you do it after the Steelers game, because I don't think you're going to fire a coach between a Sunday and a Thursday game. No. But if you do it after that Thursday game, you got ten days, and that's one, two, three, four, five. I mean, I don't. See, I see maybe one win there. Maybe you get two wins, but so then at that point, you're what? Like I can't, in good faith, after watching that Monday Night Football game, four and six at best. Knowing the knowing. I don't trust Freddie, Freddie Kitchens to make adjustments for this team that are going to make them a better football team in any of those matchups. Yeah. I, I can't see them winning any of those games, with the exception of the 
Denver Broncos game, which I will be 50-50 on, and that Steelers game, which I will be 50-50 on. Yeah. They should beat the Steelers at home if the Steelers are playing, you know, the the rec league quarterback. Yeah. But I, uh, Mason Ruff could be back by then. But like, look, it's it's. I think their best case scenario through that stretch is that they end at four and six. Yeah. And at least at that point, you can fake that you might still be in contention. But it's bad. No, and it's very bad. It's 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 ugly. Can't blame it on the talent. At no. some point, like if and look, Baker has to be better. Like he doesn't. Yeah. He can't be absolved of blame. No, of this he either. has to be blamed somewhat. The line is bad, but he's been bad too. Well, he looks he, lost. Yeah, he looks lost. And look. Here, this is the reality of the situation. Again, we, we're both Team Baker. We always yeah, have we been, and I still it. am. Yeah. But this is the reality of, of how optics are. You, as a team and as an individual, went out there all off season and pounded your chest about how great you were and did every commercial you could, did all that, and that's fine. Go get your money. I'm, I'm always Team Go Get Your Money, especially yeah. if it's not yours. Let the advertisers pay you plenty. But when you come out and are this bad, you have to understand that the criticism is now 150% worse than it would have been before. And just you have to know that's what you're going to have to deal with. That is the negative. The positive to your personality is that you're one of the biggest faces and one of the most recognizable players in the NFL. The downside is is when you don't live up to the hype, you're going to get crucified for it worse than anybody else. Listen, I'm a proponent of talk that talk, right? I love it. I love when you talk it and I love when you back it up. But when you talk shit and you don't back it up, you better get ready for it. Yeah. And and you're the Cleveland freaking Browns, mm-hmm. okay? And you guys have sucked for my entire life, literally. And I cannot believe that everybody just completely bought into the fact that this franchise was just magically going to get it all together. I, I, I like Baker, like you. We're Team Baker. But I am not Team Freddie Kitchens, and I knew this was going to be a bad hire, and I knew he was going to be in over his head, and I told you guys this was going to happen, and it's worse than I thought it was going to be. And I just, I can't, the best bet that I told everybody about was the under on the Browns win, and my oh my, it looks like the best bet of all time, and I wish I had put all of my money that I had on that bet, because this team is not good, and they're not well coached, and Baker, unfortunately, if this continues, this is the type of confidence stuff that matters, right? And and this is the type of confidence stuff that can ruin quarterbacks, which, oh, by the way, if you're counting at home, the Cleveland Browns have ruined plenty of them if you haven't been paying attention. Yep. This is what they do. They have There are other quarterbacks that have gone through the system that if they had gone somewhere else, I am fully convinced would have been fine in the NFL. And the other part of this is, like you said, you're the face, right? Baker, you did all that talking. And that's fine. But now if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, Jamie, okay, and we know how fans are, okay, I'm not justifying it. I'm no, you're not saying, drafting a quarterback. I'm not. I know. Don't ask I'm, me I'm that. not. I'm not. If you're a fan, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing out a scenario here. If you're, a, if you're a fan and you work a blue collar job all week long, and the one thing you look forward to is watching your football team, okay, then you sit down and you're watching a three-hour game and your team plays like they did on Monday Night Football. And during that game, you see eight commercials of Baker Mayfield and Progressive and then mowing his lawn and whatever. I am I'm envisioning that fan using a lot of language that I will not use on this podcast to describe their feelings during that moment. Yeah, I mean, look. Th- not justifying it. I'm just telling you no, I know that that's the reality. It's not justifiable because... Uh, that's th- how fans th- are. Th- this notion that, like, he would somehow be... Have- 
better knowledge of the playbook if you didn't of film course. the commercials three totally months ago. Totally wrong, but I know um, how fans are. Yeah, I mean, the biggest concern is that we need some of these advertising companies to film multiple variations. Like, Geico doesn't get enough credit where they, <laughs> like, they filmed at least enough variations where I didn't want to, like, blow my brains out yes. watching an NFL game that wasn't on Red Zone. Yes. We're like, now it's the same three commercials the entire time, and yes. it's, I can't see Baker Mayfield. We're, I don't care if Baker Mayfield's put up five touchdowns a game. I can't watch him mow the freaking lawn no, anymore. No, please. Do uh, something but, different. But, yes. It, but, the, again, this goes back to optics. The optics are bad. Baker Mayfield played into this persona to profit off of it. Which is fine. But that persona is also going to get you criticism when you don't deliver. This is the other side of the coin. And if you're willing to understand that, you get it. But you have to understand that this is the downside. It's not all great. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, especially when you're not playing well. Especially when you did GQ interviews and you talked smack about Daniel Jones. And you you could say everything was out of context. You still said some of it. And it's not looking good in Cleveland right now. All right, the next thing we're going to do here, which I'm really excited to to go through, is we're going to go through right now in fantasy football the top five points per game, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, tight ends, right now in the NFL. We're using the fantasy pros list. This is a half-point PPR league. That's what you should be playing in if you're not. Full points too much in standard league is ancient and should be retired for the entirety of the rest of our lifetime. Okay, So we're going to start off with quarterbacks. I am going to go through the list. Jamie, let's just go yes or no on whether or not we think these guys are going to continue this play. They're going to continue to be in the top five, right? Like the positioning might change, but we still think they're going to be top five. We'll start off with, we'll start off with number five, Dak Prescott. Uh, no, uh, I don't think he's going to stay in the top five. He, the the Cowboys are such a fascinating case because if, if you want, if you're a Cowboys hater, which a lot of the world is, and I get it, uh, I, I am just in the middle of the Cowboys. I don't have a strong feeling either way. You look at the narrative and it's like, well, you beat up on three teams that have no business really in your – they're not even in your class. And then you play two teams that deserve to be there and you got beaten up twice. I still think their true self lies somewhere in the middle. I still think they're a contender in the NFC as much as anybody is a contender in the NFC right now. Uh, but look, maybe we overrated this Kellen Moore passing game a little bit because they didn't play anybody. Uh I still think Dak's a, a QB1, and I still think he's going to finish the season right around QB10 like he always seems to. But no, I don't think he's a top five QB uh, for the rest of the season. No, I don't I don't think so either for a lot of the same reasons. I think, unfortunately, I bought into the little bit of the Cowboys hype train after, for, after the first three games. And then I went back and I looked at it and I said, man, they haven't played anybody. And that has to adjust my expectations. Very much like how we looked at the Baltimore Ravens and said, oh, this offense is going to be inflated. I should have had that same lens for the Dallas Cowboys because then playing the New Orleans Saints and then the Green Bay Packers who haven't had a good run defense against anybody were able to shut down Ezekiel. Well, they refused to run the ball because they got Kellen Moore got pass happy in the yeah. first in the first half for no reason. Just sometimes I still sometimes think coaches scheme themselves out of games. Sometimes. I agree. Just too th- cute. Run it down your throat. You have the best running back in football, in my opinion, talent wise. I know I people agree. might argue with that with McCaffrey, but. I, I will say Zeke Elliott is the best running back in football against a bad run defense. That is sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. But look, they have a good chance to bounce back this week. They're playing at the Jets. The Jets defense is so banged up. They have the might have the worst secondary in football. Uh, and after and now you have to scoreboard watch right because yeah. they started off the season three and zero. They're now three and two, and all of a sudden the Philadelphia Eagles are right on in the conversation again. Right? You, yeah. you saw the Eagles kind of start off slow, then they went and beat Green Bay. They're now three and two as well, I believe. 
tied in that division now, and I think they, they don't play this week, but next week, Philadelphia and, and, yep, they do. and, Philadelphia and Dallas line up against each other. And I think we'll learn a lot about... Both of them. Yeah, about, about both teams and, and who is the true contender out of but that division. But you are facing two absolutely abysmal secondaries in the yes. next two weeks if you're Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. This needs to, you need to show that you can attack these bad teams. Make your money, Dak. I earn your money, man. Yeah. Like I, I hate to say, you turned down a thirty-four million dollar contract because you said you deserve more. Show us, because you, you haven't shown it yet. Those first three games are not what deserves forty million dollars. Yeah. Still good, still top ten QB, yeah. but he's going to be more like number ten, not number five, like he is right now. Patrick Mahomes, number four. Yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, I think the kid can play in the NFL. Uh, uh, I still as Matt. I still will. He's still my pick to finish as the number one QB at, at the end of the season. I agree. Uh, not much to get into there. Other yeah, than- you're starting Patrick Mahomes every single week he plays. The only the only way that that doesn't happen is if the injury that it yeah, looked that like he suffered in in that in that Sunday night football game is worse than than what everybody expects it to be, which is just a little bit of an injury with that ankle. But his mobility was definitely not what it was in the second half of what we're used to seeing, and it did impact him. If you put that leg in like an air cast, he's still probably QB twelve. Yeah, like you're playing him every week. <laughs> still like, has the arm, yeah, right? Still yeah. has the arm. All right. Uh, if he just to start the drive from like ten, if they just start the drive by sitting down and get like three Mississippi, he's still a QB one. Uh, like it's fine. It's like. He's, you're playing him every week. There's no advice there. Yeah, he's still top five. So we went no on Dak Prescott in the top five. Yes, and Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, number three. Yeah, he'll be QB too. Yep, uh, I, I love Deshaun Watson. He is so phenomenal. The injury is the only thing that will prevent him and Mahomes from finishing 1-2 this year, I think. Total agreement. Uh, Russell Wilson. He might. I mean, he might be at the back end of the top five. Like, I, I don't think, think he's, he's going to be four or five. Yeah, I don't think he's – I mean, he's number two right now. I don't think he's going to be top three. But, I mean, you start to wonder who's going to jump up into that category because it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to say I was wrong about it. I expected a lot more from him in this offense. I expect, he's actually one of the – he has like the low, third or fourth lowest touchdown rate among quarterbacks. Like he's in there with like the Chicago people. So I told you how bad he sucks this year. <laughs> Uh, they uh, also decided to like actually run the football, which is like I don't know. I've been asking for, for them two to years forever, and Aaron Jones is now relevant because Good. they remember that he's on their football team. But that is the opposite of what we thought was going to happen mm-hmm. because Aaron Rodgers has always been that dude who throws the ball all the time, and that help is helpful for you for touchdowns and scoring points. I don't think that was the one guy I looked and they said, Nah, I don't think he's going to jump in. So I have Russ staying in that. I don't think he's going to end up. Top two, he's number two right now. But I do have him staying in that top five. Yeah, I, I do have him in the top five. And and one name we're not going to talk about that I do think ends the year in the top five, he's number six right now, so it's a huge, bold call for me. Uh, and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't play, he plays like one outdoor game. Yeah. And he's been fine. And he's got Arizona this week. Yeah, he's, he's just going to put up, you know exactly what you're going to get. He's going to throw for a bajillion yards, okay? Lots of touchdowns and lots of interceptions. It's the best version of Matt Ryan for a fantasy perspective. So I do actually think five of the top six guys right now, because Ryan is six, will finish in the top five. Yeah, the number one guy here is Lamar Jackson. Yes, but he's going to be five of the group. Like he's, he's trending back down earth. He's still been very good. He's still going to be good. Uh, that defense is bad, which helps him, because mm-hmm. uh, he's going to give him more opportunities to go throw the ball down the field. But no, he's not going to be the number one fantasy QB. But... He's still an every week starter. Like absolutely, I, you should not panic about him. Just you have to. The, what he's done the last few weeks is much more reasonable to expect. He's still he's going to be a guy that scores in the low twenties, not the high twenties. Yes, week. yes, that is that is more realistic for this team. But like I looked at, I looked at some of the next couple of matchups for these guys, and I go, oh, Russell Wilson gets to go play that Cleveland Browns defense, who let Jimmy G and everybody throw all over them and run all over them. Yeah, I like that matchup for Russell Wilson. I like them. I like them for. I like all these guys. Like we said, with the exception of we're jumping Matt Ryan into that top five, yeah. and I I like that as well. All right, running backs, we're going to get into here. Nick Chubb, number five. 
same. It's tough because I think he can be. The question is going to be because again, this is about as bad. I mean, he had a huge week last week, but I don't think he, like, this is this baseline is pretty much what you can expect. He's going to go up and down. Kareem Hunt still going to come back in a few weeks. I'm going to say no, but he's still going to be a top 10 running back. I am also going to say no, and I am also going to say he's going to stay inside the top 10, but there's a couple of guys that we haven't talked about that we won't talk about on this list that I think will pop in, and that's why he's going to pop out. All right, number four here is Austin Eckler. I think that's an easy no more than likely with Melvin Gordon. Do you think he stays in that top five, Jamie? No, but he's somebody that I don't think he even stays in the top 10, but I think he's going to be a so- solid RB2 for people the rest of the way. And then at worst, he's a flex play. I see a lot of people that are really worried. I think both him and Gordon are plays every single week. I agree. As I've said on the show a million times, we have a game plan for this. We have seen this happen. This is not, this is, we don't have to imagine the scenario. No, we saw it last year. We looked last year. And if anything, Eckler's going to get more work than he did last year. Uh, in relief of, of Melvin Gordon. So I he's still an every week play, but no, he's not going to be an RB1 when the season comes to an end. Aaron Jones, number three overall. No. No. Uh, I don't believe that – we'll see what happens when Jamal Williams comes back. I still, I'm still not ready to say they're going to commit to him full time. Uh, if they do, then he will finish as, in the top 12 as an RB1, but I think you're still asking a lot. I just haven't seen the willingness when Jamal Williams is on the field for them to fully commit to it, and I don't think one big game is going to completely change Matt LaFleur's game plan. No, I am in agreement with that. Uh, Dalvin Cook, number two. Yeah, I think injuries yes. are the only thing that prevents him from finishing in the top five. I, yep. I mean, he has been if – you, if you haven't watched him play, you've only watched the box scores, you really need to go out of your way. He and Christian McCaffrey, who's number one on this list, obviously, just are – they're playing on a level that nobody else in football right now through the first five weeks of the season can compare to at that position. Yeah. They are making guys look silly. They are carrying two and three. Like, I'm watching Dalvin Cook carry two or three guys down the field. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's juking out guys and making them look. I mean, those two are playing at such a different level right now that they're just – you cannot compare. Yeah, so Jamie broke the broke the news there that Christian McCaffrey's number one. This is, this is, By yeah. a lot. Yeah, by six point three points per game over Dalvin Cook. Yeah, this is a yes. Six point three. Yeah, this is a yes and yes for me. I don't think it's. I I honestly think that it's going to stay that way. I think it's going to be one two the way that it is right now. I think they're going to stay in those positions. McCaffrey is, as Jamie said, he's the number one pick right now. If you were redrafting, yeah, like, clearly. he's unbelievable. It is it is magical to watch, and it's even more ridiculous that Cam Newton is not playing and they brought in Kyle Allen and somehow Christian McCaffrey got better, like yeah. legitimately got better. And oh, by the way, Jamie told you in the, in the, in the preseason that he could still catch a hundred passes. He could still, he's, that's his baseline. I'm that, sorry. I hate yeah. to break it to everybody. That's his baseline. No, he's now. a freak. Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. He's the most surefire thing in fantasy right now. There are certain players that you have to break your your tendency and your thought process of how they do it. Christian McCaffrey is one of them. Another guy that I want to bring up that I do think finishes in the top five is another one. And that's Alvin Kamara. Yes. Uh, like he's having an eh season, and he's still the number seven running back. Like mm-hmm. he, He's going to get better. I expect that offense is still going to have – he's going to have this big weeks. That offense will get better when Drew Brees comes back. Overall, I know Bridgewater was awesome last week, but overall, we still I think we can safely say Drew Brees is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. I think he gets back up in there. I think Zeke gets it going at some point, and he moves up in there. I think he's down at, at RB12 right now. But, uh, you know, Mark Ingram is at six. I don't think he finishes up there. He's only getting like 59% of the carries, which yeah, is a which, weird, which weird thing to say. And but very impressive that he's at that six with that amount of the carries. One uh, deep sleeper to keep an eye on. Okay. Le'Veon Bell. 
Hmm. He's been pretty decent. Like I think what what is he? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So he's been the number 15 running back. I guess if you take out Darrell Williams, number 14 running back with Luke Falk. With literally with the one nothing. of the worst offensive I've ever seen. They're going to target him in the passing game a ton. I mean, I think he has like the fifth most air yards or, or like the 10th most air yards in the NFL. They're nine, first nine are wide receivers. Yes. Uh, it's like some weird, some weird stat he has there in terms of target share. But he is, no, it's target share. Like he's number five in the league in target share. Yeah, it's... Of all, but not running backs, in Sam the Darnold's, league. And Sam Darnold's coming back. Darnold's coming back, although I don't love him this week, but he's coming back. You have Chris Herndon back in that offense, who Adam Gase may or may not choose to use, who the hell knows anymore. Uh, but that offense will be better. And even in the worst-case scenario, he has still been an RB2. He's the guy that could very well push his way up into that mid-RB1 category. I like that. I like that one. Buy low right now. Probably get get yourself into a good position to maybe facilitate a trade on that one. All right, wide receivers, uh, number five, not a surprise that this guy's in the top five. That's Michael Thomas. Uh, what's more impressive about this is that he hasn't had Drew Brees for half of the, the six games that he's played in, right? Um, and Teddy Bridgewater, although he's 3-0, and hasn't been putting up anywhere near what Drew Brees does from an offensive perspective. Jamie, this is an easy one for me. Yes, he's staying in the top five. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's just he gets peppered with targets, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's Brees, whatever it is. He has been extremely consistent. He might lead the league in catches this year. Uh, yes, he absolutely is going to stay in there. Love this one. Number four, Cooper Cup. Jamie, since you're captain of the Cooper Cup fan club, you stay, think he's staying in there? I think so because I don't know who's coming to back up to catch him. Uh, I think, again, talk about, again, another guy that's peppered with targets. And so, yes, you like the big play guys, but you also like guys that are going to get the most opportunities to make catches. And, and that is Jared Goff's guy. The Rams are a completely different team when Cooper Cup's on the field. So, again, I'm just going to have to assume health for everybody on this list. Yeah. Cooper yeah. Cup will stay in the top five. All right. I am in total agreement with you. DJ Chark. No, no. but I, I, I think he's for real. I think he's, I he's, he's a startable player. Maybe not this week. I think he, gets, he has Marshawn Lattimore this week. Uh, so, good luck. Yeah, if you saw him against Mike Evans, uh, you should have flashbacks of the terrifying of what that does to a wide receiver. Yeah, this could be the big D.D. Westbrook week because he has P.J. Williams and P.J. Williams can't stop anybody. But uh, no, I don't think he ends the season there. But yes, he is very worthy of being a weekly flex play going forward. Uh, does he end up in the top 12? No, no. I, I don't think he ends up in the top 20 by the, okay. season, the end of the season. All right. Uh, Amari Cooper, number two. It's close to me. I mean, it, it's close. Um I think he – I'll give you what I – since you're teetering a little bit. I know, I'm bit, having a here a bit. I, I have him in the 6 to 10 range. I have him outside the top five. That is what I assume. And, I, and I'm and i leaning towards like I wanted to pick him as like, oh, he'll end five. But I think he's going to end up like – I think he's going to be six or seven. Like that's where I think he's going to end up. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the top five. I just – this offense, I'm I'm out on until I see them play a good football team and play well, right? Like, I, I just, I've seen two straight games where this offense was garbage against against competent football teams. So play a good football team, win a game, show me the offense, and then I'll buy back in. I'm going to lean toward yes, just okay. because I don't see two receivers coming in. I mean, it's yeah. Keenan Allen and Julio Jones. I don't know if we're going to get that season from Julio Jones. I know. So... It's- I think you you need both those, guys, both of those guys, and then maybe somebody else. I mean, I don't. I mean, look, I don't think things are going to get better for Tyler Lockett. Like, I don't think things are going to get no, better for Cortland Sutton or Adam Thielen. Like, and those guys haven't been better than Amari Cooper. So I think he sneaks in there at the, at number five. Uh, okay, number one overall guy, uh, a very on brand for Jamie Chris Godwin, number one overall wide receiver. Yeah, I don't think he finishes a, as the wide receiver one, but I do think he's in the top five. Yeah, I mean, he, again, another guy pepper with targets. We're looking again. <laughs> This is why volume matters. This is what made a guy like Evan Ingram at the tight end position so good. Volume matters. You're giving yourself opportunities to be successful. Cooper Cup, 
Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, they are volume guys. Mm -hmm. That is why they can be sustainable. Volume is more sustainable than flash. Now, the question is, as you talk about rest of the season rankings, like if we go from we take everything away and we start now, another guy that needs to be in the conversation is Tyreek Hill. Yeah, absolutely. But this is full season when we look back. That's what we're talking about here. I think Chris Godwin stays in this in this top five. He has to because Mike Evans a lot of times is pulling the number one corner over to his side and it is giving Chris Godwin a lot of opportunities. He's also just a freak athlete. We've watched him just get better and better every year. And now he's in the Bruce Arians offense. And man, oh man, it has been pretty to watch Chris Godwin. All right, we're going to end things up here with the tight end position. Jamie, number five, Mark Andrews. No, I don't think so. I, I think, think we've so seen either. the best of it. His snaps concern me. He's not playing a ton. There are a handful of guys on the back of this list. That, or maybe not a handful, but a couple of guys that I think will jump up that we haven't that we'll get to when we see who else is on this list. But no, I think this is he's still again a tight end one, probably top eight tight end. But this is as best as it's going to get. He also has had some some serious injury issues, right? Mm-hmm. He's had lingering injury issues pretty much every week since week two. He's been on the injury report. I think that also factors into this and his overall outlook. I do not have him staying in the top five. Number four, Evan Ingram, Jamie. Injury stuff. Well, he's already hurt. He's going to miss this week. I mean, that's the the only thing with him. I'm going to say yes, but just barely. I'm assuming he only misses one game because he's going to have 10 days off. But, yeah, I I think he's going to be tight end five. Yeah, if he misses just this upcoming game, which we'll talk about, that uh, Patriots-Giants game, I think he's fine. If it's a lingering thing, that obviously will start to concern you. Uh, Travis Kelsey, number three. Yeah, I I, I want to see more from him. He's been not himself this year. Yeah, he's, he dropped he's, a couple of passes he was in that game. Objectively bad. Yeah, in that bad. game, and then shoved this off. Like it's it's it was bad. Uh, he look he he's not the player that you thought you were drafting when you drafted him. But he still can be that guy any single week. He's still the best, from a pure talent football perspective, the best tight end in football. He'll be there. I'm not that worried about it. I also think with Tyreek Hill coming back, you're going to see Hill and mm-hmm. Kelsey just use kind of how we're used to seeing them use. And that offense kind of is going to reset and go back into what we've seen it be for a I long agree. time. Um, so I think that's the biggest factor here for Travis that, Kelsey. That's a great point because and this is something we have to remind ourselves next year in the preseason all these other times. Sometimes it's not good when these guys get hurt and you think your player's going to get more targets. Yeah. It matters if they're not starting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Like, like I, but in the case of, I, I heard so often when they were, when people were worried about Tyree kill getting suspended, which he should have been, but you know, that's neither here nor there. When they were worried about him being suspended and missing time, that this was actually good for Kelsey and he should go in the first round because who else is Mahomes going to throw it to? Sometimes it's not so good because they're saying, okay, are we going to double Miko Hardman and Demarcus Robinson That's and exactly Byron Pringle? Right. And no, and, and apparently Sammy Watkins will never put up numbers ever again. <laughs> uh, but no, they were going to double Travis Kelsey and they were going to make him a focus of the offense, which made him still good, but not this world beater. Yeah, he. The, a lot of what has happened for Travis Kelsey is that coverage that he's received and gotten used to is now different yes. without Tyreek Hill. And if you understand football, that should be a concern for you. So now... With Tyreek Hill coming back into this offense, I think we're going to see a lot of what we're used to with with uh, Travis Kelsey. It's worked for Evan Ingram. He's the only one that are just as more players you take out of the yeah. Giants lineup, the better he is. But it usually doesn't work that way for everybody else. Yeah, it's it's important to understand the dynamics of the offense and how they work. All right, number two here, the surprise guy, but it, I don't think it's going away, is Austin Hooper. Yeah, I'm mad at myself because I made a trade for Zach Ertz in the preseason and because my starting tight end would have been Austin Hooper. He's uh, the one I drafted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, – you look, I we've been waiting for the Austin Hooper breakout for what seems like forever now. Yeah. 
This Atlanta offense is strange because if you're watching the games, their number two receiver right now, it's Mohamed Sanu. Mm-hmm. Sanu's not leaving the field. Yeah, no, he's out Ridley's there Ridley's leaving time. the field a lot. They use Sanu in one wide receiver sets now. Uh, it, it's very strange how this offense is running. Cooper's playing a huge role, and I know he had some big weeks before. He's not going to be tight end one, but I do very much think he can be tight end four to tight end five by the end of the season. I, I, I've been really impressed by this, and this is what we've been waiting for. It's just has, it's taken some time to get there. Honestly, I can remember two seasons ago, him having Austin Hooper having an unbelievable game against the Chicago Bears defense and thinking, man, they should use him like that all the time and kind of hoping that that is what they would get to. That's what we've seen in the first six weeks, and I don't think it's going away. I also have him staying. Number one overall, Will Disley. Uh, the Russell Wilson-Will Disley connection has been a pretty one to watch if you own them, uh, both of them. And it looks like Russ continues to look for him, continues to look for him in the red zone, which is a good news for you if you own him. Jamie, do you think he stays in the top five? Uh, I do not. Now, I think he's. I think you might even look at the standard format where he's number one. Okay. Uh, he's actually number five in half PPR. But no, um, no, because like guys that we haven't talked about yet, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. I think yeah. both those guys will move their way into the top five. And I think Andrews and Disley are the ones that move out. That move we'll, out. we'll put them there. But yeah, it, it, it's... You know, it's a scenario where he's been really good and he's an every week starter now. And and I think he's a guy you plug and forget about unless you have a, you know, George Kittle or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but you, you plug and play him every single week. So you have George Kittle and Zach Ertz both hopping back into the top Yeah, it, this has been, I mean, George Kittle's, t- I mean, Ertz is tight end seven, Kittle's tight end nine. This is as bad as, I mean, Ertz has been fine, just hasn't been dominant. He hasn't mm-hmm. had a dominant game. He's not going to touch the reception record or whatever. Uh, Kittle, it's as bad as it's been and he's still in the top ten of tight ends. I think they move up there long term. Okay. All right. We're going to finish things up on the podcast here with a preview of Thursday night football. The Giants are going on the road to face the Patriots. Well, what's left of the Giants? Yeah, the Giants, the big storyline here, obviously, the Patriots are 17-point favorites at home on Thursday night football. Uh, The big stuff here is obviously Wayne Gallman suffered that concussion which was obviously bad news for fantasy football owners because he was really effective in that one game um, with Saquon out and and went out early in this game. Saquon's not going to come back for this one. I don't. I can't imagine. No, they're it's, do they that. said very unlikely. Very unlikely. Uh, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. This is going to be a shell of the Giants' offense, and this could be really, really ugly. So, barring something unforeseen, no Barkley, no Gallman, no Ingram, no Shepard. Yikes. Yeah. So John Hilleman and. Eli Penny are going to be, I mean, they don't have any other backs on the roster, I know. but uh, those are going to be the two guys. I think Hilleman could be a low end flex play this week. I don't like it. It's a bad matchup anyway. Uh, I don't expect they're going to be playing with a lead at any point in this yeah, game. Yeah, number one rush defense. Uh, so it's, I really don't like either one of those backs too much. Golden Tate is now interesting. So what happened, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this as much because I was waiting for kind of the snap numbers to come out. I do have some long-term concerns with Sterling Shepard because they moved him back outside again for almost all the snaps, and he's just not as good out there. But Golden Tate could have a really interesting game here. I think he's a flex play this week. He's somebody I didn't want to play with Shepard out there, but now with no Shepard, now with no Ingram, uh, the ball's got to go somewhere. Yeah, they got to throw the ball They're going to be throwing. Let me throw it to Brett Ellison, Darius Slayton. Like, who, who else are you throwing? I mean, Darius Slayton might be a low-key flag play too, but like, ugh. Like, you don't want to play – there are no Giants that you really want to play. I think Tate and Hilleman could be in a two-flex league for you options. Otherwise, I don't want anything to do with the Giants. The Patriots defense is the number one fantasy defense this week. Again, they've been a dominant. They should be dominant again here. I just – I don't know what to do in this game. This is an interesting one because 
I think this should be a Sony Michelle game again. You should be able to run easily on the Giants. You should be up big, but will they continue to do it? Like, this could be a weird game where the Patriots win by, like, 30, but nobody has an awesome fantasy day. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a prediction one way or the other with, with the fantasy stuff with the Patriots. It should be a good matchup. You should like all those guys this week. Um, and like we said, obviously with the injuries, the Golden Tate stuff is interesting. Uh, wanted to see how they were going to utilize him in the offense. I still want to see more, right, because – this is going to be an unrealistic view of what his usage is going to be because there are so many injuries. Doesn't mean you can't use him this week because obviously this is they're going to have to throw the ball somewhere. Like Jamie said, 17 points I think gets covered pretty easily in this one uh, because I just this offense is not going to have much to go here. Uh, it's really unfortunate that we're not going to get any semblance of an opportunity for this team to showcase anything. Uh, this is going to be a, a rookie matchup that's terrible, yeah. right? The Patriots are number one in every statistical category for the defense I looked going into this. Uh, it's just going to be an ugly game. I think they're going to cover that spread pretty easily. And As Tom, do I. And, and Tom Brady's just going to have a, I'm on prime time, I'm Tom Brady, you're a rookie, and I own this league. Yeah, like, I, I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, I don't think we can even fake concern for this Patriots no. team in this game. So, no. like, go do something else. No, I know that it was like a, a quarter and a half of a bad football game against the Redskins where you were like, what exactly is happening here? But then uh, the, the It's Patriots, all relative. It's like, what is happening here in regards to, is this a team that can win the Super Bowl? Not yeah. what is happening here. For sure. It's going to win the, that division. Exactly. The Patriots will take care of business and they'll get that victory. Uh, and part- we'll get all the we'll get to the resurgence of all the Thursday Night Football is trash tweets that we've been missing the yeah, last couple weeks. Yeah, that's what sucks is because we've had a couple of good, really good Thursday Night Football games. And I am uh, probably – I'll watch this game because I – like the pain, but I can't, I, 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 I don't want to watch it, but I, I, I will watch it. Uh, Jamie, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? Not a lot. I just think if you, as you start to look at, I say not a lot as I'm going to say words. Um, you start to look at, and a big reason why we want to do that top five thing, because I think sometimes we look at it as it is a weekly game and you have to think of it as a series of one week matchups for you. But sometimes it's good to take a step back and look at your team overall and see, okay, who has and who hasn't been performing consistently throughout the season and points per game matter. And and the reason why I say that versus total points is you're dealing with injuries. You're dealing with bye weeks now. If you just in your leagues are sorting, whether it's on the waiver wire, whether it's in trades, whatever it might be, where you're looking at how many points somebody has scored as a way to help you in your research, you need to make sure you're looking at a per game basis. And that's always why my pre, when I do the preseason rankings, I always bring up per game, not overall, because it overall gives you a false picture of what's happening. Uh, you got to look at per game, and, and that is my big suggestion for you. If you're going out and looking to make trades or looking to make additions, make sure you're not getting a weird view of how good a player is doing because they maybe missed a game. Let's say James White, who missed a game for the not even for an injury, but for the birth of, of a child, or somebody that's already had an early bye week, and, mm-hmm. and you're starting to get this weird. You know, you might think, oh well, you know, Matt Breida hasn't been as good as he has been because they weren't by last week. Just kind of keep that stuff in mind as you're going forward and doing your research. My parting thoughts on today's podcast are Urban Meyer to Washington train (laughs) is off the tracks. uh, And the Cleveland Browns nation has got to be losing their minds. And you guys feel free to tweet at the show. Feel free to tweet at either one of us for telling you exactly how it was going to shake down and even worse. Right. And I, Coaching matters, guys. That's my that's my philosophy here. Coaching matters. That's a theme. That should be like the subhead of our show, of yeah, our, and, our history of our show. It is. It, coaching matters. Uh, the the system you're in matters, and what you are seeing is across the league is a lot of that. And if you thought that 
a talent supersedes that, you're just wrong. It, it, it matters. And being able to be drafted into good situations with good coaches, with a lot of experience, and a lot of understanding of how to put together a game plan, it's way different being a running back coach, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator than it is game planning across the entire game. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You should follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Be sure to check out all of our rankings on the draftnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.